The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dental Brief. So excited for our show today. Um, we recorded the first episode um, with Dr. Harms, and we have her back on the show um, today. Dr. Harms, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Thank you for asking me. It's a privilege to be here. Yep. And like I said, second recording, so I'm glad you're staying here. Um, our studio um, makes it so much easier for us. It takes a little bit to set it up, so I appreciate that. Um, last time you were on the program, we talked about leadership. We talked about um, maintaining teamwork, motivating teamwork. We really uncovered um, a lot from a 40,000 foot view. Um, today, I'm going to kind of pick your brain uh, or on this episode. I'm going to pick your brain about um, title on your website, the dental mediator. Um, right. It's pretty phenomenal. I'm going to ask two questions. Um, I'm going to jump right in and I'll let you um, answer it um, or answer these in any order you want. First of all, um, how do you find a good mediator when you're stuck and you need help? And then the other question is, is how do you avoid never needing a mediator or hoping to never need a mediator? So I know there are two big questions. You pick which one you want to start with and we'll go from there. Well, I think, unfortunately, we don't really have a lot of dental mediators. The reason I'm a dental mediator is I um, became a mediator when my daughter asked me to, to work with her law firm and he needed a mediator. So I took that training. I also worked for many years with the American Dental Association as a national spokesperson. So I was able to look at two sides of many, many different issues, which really got me started. So there are mediation services that are typically listed. Civil mediators is typically, that's why I'm a civil mediator. There are, there are many mediation services in each state, uh, but unfortunately not many dental mediators, which is really kind of a, an unfortunate thing. What was your next question? You asked me another so one. So how do you avoid ever needing a mediator? And but let me keep you on that first question a little bit. I have, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people may be hearing this and going, what? I don't understand a mediator. And I know there's a lot of things that can be mediated. Really any issue that two people can't solve on their own, um, mediation is a way to potentially solve that issue. I'm sure there's a better defin definition to that. But the way that I've seen it um, from our position, our practices that we've worked with, um, or are about to work with who are breaking apart because there's two um, owners or more that have been in some type of a business agreement together and relationship together, and it has fallen apart. It's like a divorce, um, yes, except it feels worse, um, right? So I've seen it happen on the business side of things. I've seen it happen on the family side of things, and they're they're both horrible. But um, how do you avoid getting there? How do how does how do two dentists um, or more, um, avoid ever needing to contact a mediator. There's the, the first thing, which is a general thing about not needing mediation, is that when you are in a conflict, you need to focus on the problem and not the person. And quite frequently, we are upset with somebody. We're angry with someone. We assume that what they're going to say is going to be horrible and they're out to get us. I mean, we do that. Look at if you um, just watch the news and you're looking at two different, uh, you know, our, our country right now, two different sides. Sure. Typically, many times they'll talk about the people instead of the issue. Instead of saying, well, here are the pros of the issue. Here are the cons of the issue. Let's look at those. They'll say, this person's horrible and this is what they're doing. We have to look at the issue itself and try to solve it. Take the person out of it try to just distance that person out of it and deal with the issue. 
one of the other things I think for dentists, because I worked with dentists who were um, divorcing, unfortunately, within a practice, um, one of the things you have to look at is your contract when you start out. Uh, when you are, are, are joining together as a practice, you have to very clearly delineate um, how do you know who gets the new patients? You know what what percentage of the of the practice do you own? You know what how do you get paid? Um, I, I I recommend some sort of a, a hybrid payment system, for instance, where it's not just 100% production; it's part ownership, part production. Because what if you become uh, a partner with someone and all of a sudden they take a six week vacation and you're there working full time and they get half the payment? I mean, those are the types of things you have to really care uh, right. work work through before you come together as a team. Yeah. If there's but a if, compensation agreement in a, in a, in a um, business contract, right. If it's just, Hey, we're 50, 50 partners. One of those partners yeah. can literally leave the practice, never walk into the practice again and be expected exactly. to 50% or half of the net profits yes. of that practice. Correct. And not only can they, they do. Right. <laughs> they do. And sometimes I mean, we've seen things where, you, you know, I, I, I hope that I'm taking the person out and not the you know the problem. Sure. But sometimes you wonder if they are you know, that they're planning on that, you know. But yeah. and, and and then if that if that thought ever enters your head, it's really hard to take the person out of the problem. Right. Uh, but yes, that happens quite a bit. So you have to have a fair, you know, and you have to put into place what happens if someone can't work for for six months or three months or what what let's what's going to happen, and you decide that before it happens, so right. that it's both sides decide this is what's going to. This is how you're going to do it. Sure. So I think that a good contract. So make sure you go to a lawyer who's licensed in your state who can do this contract. And there are many dental lawyers all over the country. I mean, try to get one that knows dentistry a little more specifically so that they can watch out to make sure things are covered. Yep. So let's talk about the legal representation side of things. And this really goes from transitions, right? So and real estate, um, real estate agents in this country, if people don't realize this, have a fiduciary value that they have to uphold, correct, to their their clients. Right. But there is transition brokers. While they, I think, I believe they should, they legally don't have to um, uphold anyone's best interest, correct? Yeah, unfortunately, um, there's not a lot of regulation uh, throughout the country for dental brokers. We live in, and the interesting thing is, it's every state is different. In in our area, we manage the Midwest. There are some states where uh, typically, it it just tends to be the accountants that tend to be the brokers. In some states, it's people that are not licensed at all into anything that have just kind of gotten into it, maybe through real estate, that become the brokers. Minnesota tends to have lawyers that are brokers, and so I I see the benefit of that. And and actually, the the wonderful thing is they all get along, and so they because sometimes they're if they're brokering, if they're selling a practice, and the buyer comes in, uh, you know they'll they'll. You need, you need a lawyer to work with the buyer. So you need several lawyers to work in all of these different areas. But it, it the other thing too, is if you get a broker that's not an attorney, take a look at the full cost because you still probably, depending on your state, are going to need an attorney to draw up the documents. Right. So um, I, if you're going to, if you're getting involved in, you know, buying a practice, selling a practice, take a look at the credentials of the person you're working with and any additional costs that might be in there, because right. that, that, that's a surprise to many people that, okay, I'm spending this money for the broker and then whoops, I've got to spend 
this other you know money to have all my contracts drawn up. So you, you just have to be very careful. I know it's not always the the case, right? I can hire a lawyer to represent yes. somebody else. I can do that. They don't represent me. They hire that person. And that's very clear. But typically right. in transitions, whoever's paying for the lawyer, that's who the lawyer is representing, correct? Typically, not always. Oh my goodness. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Absolutely. If someone's, many times a lawyer, and we see this more across the country, many times people will, will say, oh, well, this is the broker for the practice, so I'll just work with him. And, and I guess I, it's probably similar to when I buy a house. I buy a house and uh, maybe I, I don't have my own real estate agent, but I'm using another real estate agent. They draw, draw up all the papers. That real estate agent is representing the seller and the lawyer or the broker uh, is representing the seller if that's the person who hired them. So whoever's paying the lawyer or the broker is the one that they're representing. They aren't representing you and you have to have somebody represent you because you right. are kind of, you know, when you're signing up to become a partner or to get involved in a practice, you're moving to an area, you're making a huge commitment. And if there is a divorce, it is a messy divorce. It's a, and it, it, it's a, it's a miserable divorce. It takes years to kind of recover from that yep. sort of thing. Not to mention starting your your production over again in another area if you have to. Right. And here's the value of hiring a lawyer or any expert that is experienced um, in the industry is they know what questions to ask that you're not asking. Right. So if you go to you could go to the best lawyer. I know a couple of lawyers are amazing, brilliant lawyers, great top law schools. Right. But if you ask them, hey, what should be in a dental, when a, in a practice between, a contract between two dentists, they don't know, right? They, they really, because they don't do it. It's not what they do. It's not, it's not their area of expertise. So if you hire them or your brother-in-law um, or your sister, or your, it doesn't matter who it is, or someone you find that advertises a great price on the internet, if they don't know the industry, they don't know what questions to ask. And if you're not telling them what to put in the contracts, they're not going to end up there, correct? Absolutely right. And things yeah. like covenant not to compete, uh, accounts receivables. And what do you do with those? What do you do with patients when you've just sold the practice and the person comes back that the other, that the former dentist did a procedure on and, and, you know, you get, you do it over at your own cost. That's the other dentist do it over. There's so many small, you know, what, what, what might seem like smaller areas in the contract, but, but they have a, a big impact if it happens to you. Uh, we had one, I remember one lawyer that was representing one of the, uh, a client that was uh, on the other side of my my daughter's, I think he was a seller, and he was promoting a covenant not to compete in the shape of a semicircle, where they this, so only one side of the three, <laughs> you know, the fifteen miles, which means that the dentist had, but was planning on opening a practice up like two blocks in the other direction, and uh, the the client that my daughter ended up getting and helping had not hired an attorney at first and was kind of going along with that because he was an associate. He was kind of going along with that. And as it turned out, uh, as you know, if you're buying a practice and the dentist opens up next door and you, and you bought a lot of goodwill, you've paid for, for nothing because right. uh, it's the dentist going far enough away that they'll come to you, which is the value of the practice. And that's probably one of the best examples. He almost did that. He almost signed a contract with a semicircular covenant not to compete. Yeah. But fortunately did not. Yeah. Um, I want to, and I don't, you know, I don't like the whole, I don't like fear mongering at all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a little bit of it here because I think it's that important. So know your mediation. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, you have a lot of experience with this. I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff that you wish you weren't involved in, um, mm -hmm. but you're doing your job. Appreciate that. Um, I've seen this happen where, um, and it happened with some clients of ours years ago 
where two really healthy or what seemed financially healthy practice, both doctors are making a bunch of money. Um, patients are happy, teams happy, everything is going great. And something happened and it led to this escalation um, that led to um, lawyers getting involved and a judge pushed it to mediation. Um, and then what ended up happening is we got a call one day and I can't remember all the legal terms. We got a call one day from somebody the judge had put in charge of the assets of the practice and wanted us to answer all of these types of questions. And, and we did, you know, they're trying to figure out what assets are what, and they basically froze the business. If this person from the on judge's order froze the business so that nobody could take assets or steal assets. And this all clears up. It takes years and it all clears up. And one of the two partners called me and asked us to help them with something. And I asked them like, I, you know, I know it's none of my business, but what happened? What, how did this? And he goes, it just escalated and it got personal. And I said, well, what started it? And he said to me, I don't remember. I said, I don't remember. So when I, when I, when, when I get to the fear mongering part of things, a judge actually had to take control of this business at a period of time. I mean, they, it, they basically lost, they lost everything the business was worth on top of lawyer fees. So getting with the right legal help can help avoid a ton of pain, heartache, financial loss, so on and so forth. So if you have a contract that you're looking at, right, and somebody wants you to sign it, I understand that you maybe have some fear about, hey, I want to have a lawyer check with this because that feels very impersonal. It feels like you're not trusting that person. But the fact of the matter is they have a lawyer. You should have one too. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it and we've seen the consequences of not doing that. Another another example we just had recently was a a, a person trying to get out of a um of a partnership. And part of it was because it was supposed to be a 50-50 partnership, but somehow in the contract, but she, she did not get an attorney to sign it. Um, he had gotten the other, the, the selling or the, the selling partner had gotten 51% of the ownership. So basically she bought half the practice, but got no, had no say in it because right. she was only 49% versus 51. It's a very small little piece of the contract, but an attorney would have caught that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dr. Harms, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. I want to encourage our audience, um, give your firm a call, um, reach out to Dr. Harms, reach out to um, the entire legal staff. DrKimberlyHarms.com, I know, is one of the websites. What's the other website? What's the main law firm website? The PineLakeLawFirm.com. Pine Lake Law Firm, yeah. So thanks for coming on here. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.